Well, good morning from our Brunpunt Studios, where we look at relevant issues that affects our Christian world on a daily basis. You're truly Vane Rousseau, taking you through to 7 o'clock this morning. In South Africa, it is sometimes known as the destination of a femicide. More than 2,700 women have been murdered as a result of gender-based violence since 2000. Although grassroots organizations have persistently campaigned to end gender-based violence, many women in South Africa continue to suffer abuse. Now, South Africa's gender-based violence problems seem to be worsening as COVID-19 lockdown measures have trapped many women inside with their abusers. Although South Africa's experience with gender-based violence is not unique, the extent and prevalence of this issue compounded by the impact of COVID-19 pandemic has triggered a, let's call it a secondary pandemic in the country, marred by rising femicide rates and gender-based violence. Unlike COVID-19, however, gender-based violence is spread through social and political conditions that undermines the ability of women and girls to escape from the abuse. Experts says that domestic violence in South Africa is culturally deep-rooted and can even be traced back to apartheid era. Grassroots movements, including Black Women Caucus and Women and Men Against Child Abuse, have repeatedly urged the government to do more to ensure the swift prosecution of cases. However, there are fears that the legislation may not be enough alone to decrease the number of cases linked to gender-based violence in South Africa. As the country begins to rebuild following the COVID-19 pandemic, grassroots activists in the country are hoping to see a renewed commitment to tackling gender-based violence. That being said, the International 16 Days of Activism for Ending Violence Against Women and Children campaign began on November 25th and will last until December the 10th. Well, we want to make people aware of the impact of pornography on gender-based violence. Well, as you probably know, pornography has a physical impact on the brain and a psychological impact on behavior. It creates a damaging and distorted view of women and how they should be treated in society. Tragically, South Africa became known as the rape capital of the world, as South Africa also consumed very high levels of pornography, especially through mobile devices. We cannot eradicate the rape culture without eradicating the porn culture. The more pornography is consumed, the more gender-based violence and sexual offenses will increase. Join us as I speak to Chantal Blockdijk from the Center Against Sexual Exploitation South Africa, otherwise known as CASE, C-A-S-E-S-A, CASE South Africa. And, uh, of course, the way forward is their answers to gender-based violence in South Africa. Don't throw a go away, as we'll be back with our respondent right after this. As uh, promised, we back with our respondent in the program, and uh, trust that uh, you will learn something from it this morning. Speaking to Chantal Blockdeck from the Center Against Sexual Exploitation South Africa, or CASE 
KSA, if you want to look it up on Google, on the information highway, KSA. Chantel, good morning to you and welcome to Brunton. Just in a nutshell, your involvement with the Center Against Sexual Exploitation in South Africa, how did you get involved then? What is the role that you're playing there? So I got involved just through another organization and just through relationship. I am currently the program coordinator of Parent Talk the unspoken epidemic of children and pornography, and it's part of our child protection um, portfolio. Okay, so how long have you been involved with CASE now? So CASE SA, the center started last year. We I've been a service provider with for them since they started, but for the last nine months, I've sort of been working full-time for, for the the, the cause, yeah. All right. Chantal, what exactly is the Center Against Sexual Exploitation of South Africa or Case SA? What exactly do you guys do on a daily basis? So, Case SA is um, an organization started by Cause for Justice, which is a human rights organization. And the center is really specifically pushing back the darkness of sexual exploitation in South Africa. Um, most of our work is awareness education, empowerment, just raising more awareness, specifically in South Africa. And there's so many variables that we have, so many challenges that we have in our dear country. So it's really every day just trying to get the word out there, trying to help people to understand the problem and and to help them better protect children. That's a, a big priority for us. Now, we're talking about the 16 days of activism ending violence against women and children. How big a problem is gender-based violence in South Africa? What is your experience? It is a, it is a very big problem. I, I think um, if you look at the stats, I don't have to go through all of them. The SAP stats and the, the research that has been released just this year, it's, it's a very big problem. I think um, just the one stat for the reported rape cases, in 2019, 2020 was 42, just about 42,500 cases that were opened. And that's not even the cases, you know, a lot of victims do not even want to talk about it, let alone report it. So we're talking about just the reported cases, and we're assuming that there are much, much more um, under the happening, you know, that's unseen. Sexual assault was 7,500, just over 7,500 in 2020. So it's, it is a very serious problem, specifically in South Africa, and there are a lot of reasons for that, but we'll, I'm sure we're going to dive into that now. Well, talking about the reasons, I wanted to ask you next, what do you guys find? What are the causes? What are the reasons behind gender-based violence uh, in South Africa? And I might as well add in the world. What is your findings? Yes. Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting because I was having a conversation with with someone yesterday about alcohol. And alcohol absolutely could be blamed as as a big cause. But the problem with with alcohol is all it does really is is lose inhibitions, right? Yeah. So if we've got somebody who has already been corrupted by the narrative of pornography, has seen that pornography showcases 88%. 88% of pornography showcases violence against women and girls, either either verbally or physical violence. So if somebody's already been influenced by that sort of content, and they have one too many beers, right? They already are at a vulnerable stake for acting out on what they already have ingested, if that makes any sense. So like I said, there's so many variables. Yes, alcohol and drugs 
is definitely almost like a portal. It's like a release switch, you know, for this violence. It can be blamed. But we've got to ask ourselves, you know, what is the real driving force behind this behavior? Because there's lots of people that drink too much that don't do that. So, yeah, I mean, it's a really, it's really hard. But we, we really need to ask ourselves these hard questions. Through this program, we try and bring awareness of the dangers, the impact of pornography on gender-based violence in South Africa. You've mentioned alcohol, you've mentioned drugs, but do you think the main driving force is pornography? Yes. Yes. And the research shows it. It is absolutely objectifying women. It's objectifying the the bodies, the bodies of women and girls. It's making us into commodities. It's changing sexual intimacy into a, a sexual commodity. And so when that happens in a culture that has really normalized, and you can walk into most shops in South Africa today, most shopping malls, and you will see a modest, a modest woman in the flesh and a modest woman hanging from billboards. You know, it's the normalization all around us that's creating a culture of really the the disregard for women and girls. And like I said earlier, it's the belief system that is, it, you know, gender-based violence is really just a manifestation of what someone believes. It's really just showing up the, the very core, the very root of why what a man thinks of a woman. And I said to you earlier, I had that scripture for, from 1 Peter Three verse seven that says, "Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel." And that for me is such a huge scripture to to combat this issue, because women are we are in essence, and 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 you know it's not very it's probably not going to be popular to w- use the word weaker vessel, but I like to think of it like. You know, we're flowers, we're, we're precious, we're dainty, we're delicate, we're sensitive. Yeah. Um, we're part of the creation that God really wanted to showcase beauty. Um, but on the flip side of that, taking advantage of women and abusing them is, is really the extreme opposite of right. what God's will is for women. So I want to ask you this, Chantal, speaking to Chantal Blockdeck from the Center Against Sexual Exploitation South Africa, or CASE, SA, Human Rights Organization, do you think we are raising enough awareness? Do you think churches talk against the dangers of pornography, the, the ills of pornography, and what a government's response? Surely as a human rights organization, you've raised this with government. What sort of a feedback do you get from government on this? And do you think the church speak against in pornography enough uh, from the platforms of our churches? What is your take on it? You know, I'm not really involved with the government. You know, KSA yeah. is more of a grassroots civil society organization. My colleagues in Cause for Justice are heavily involved in all of that with government, with bills, with declarations, with, um, you know, getting the public involved to raise their voices and send information to the governments and the councils, the local councils. Yeah. Um, and they are doing a lot, you know, but there's only so much we can do you know, our resources are limited, to be honest, and I think that the church is definitely where where judgment starts and yeah. begins, and my heart is that the church will start to talk about it more. I mean, if, if 
Yeah, I mean, there's so much to be said on this. You know, I, do women also take, should w- women also take some responsibility in gender-based violence, in modesty, in the way that they're dressing? Can a woman dress provocatively and go to church like that? Well, they're doing it every Sunday in South Africa. You know, the way the women are dressing is also a huge issue for me. We, we really need to raise our sons and our daughters up in an atmosphere that is going to produce um, human dignity and respect. Um, and if women can start to respect themselves in the way that they are dressing, I think that that would have a huge impact on the on the, the generation that's growing up right now. Now, you've mentioned some staggering stats uh, with regards to rapes and, and violence. 42,500, 88% of pornography involves violence and what it does with regards to gender-based violence. What advice can you give to victims of gender-based violence? In fact, is there anything that they can do with South Africa's laws as it stands at the moment? What have we learned from our past history and what would you like to see in future change? Uh, What advice can you give then to victims of gender-based violence? Well, number one, you need to get hold of the helpline, which is 0800-150-150. You would phone them. That's the first step I would take as a victim of gender-based violence. All right, so that's the helpline, 0800-150-150. Yes, absolutely. And if you don't come right there, you get hold of your local human rights organization, Cause for Justice, Case SA. There are a lot of wonderful NGOs in South Africa. You can find us online. And look out for counseling. Look out for resources that would, would help you. And I, I think definitely getting involved in a local community, if it's um, a group that meets, you know, support groups, wherever you're living in South Africa, if there's a a clinic nearby, if there's a hospital, even if there's a library or a school nearby, go somewhere that you can speak to somebody that is trustworthy, that's a, that's a, that's a servant in our communities, and ask somebody for help. Ask them to get you in touch with somebody. You know, we know that resources are lacking in South Africa. We know that we can go from literally a million rand to one rand within a couple of kilometers. So we also need to be sensitive that not everybody will have the resources that they need to get help. And so why I say that is really to encourage those out there that that might be suffering, that need help, to to get help. Don't give up. Don't give up. There's a sense that we're preaching to the converted. We're on a Christian radio station. We're speaking to Christians in general. But you never know who's listening this morning. What about those who commit gender-based violence? Where can they find help? What would your message be to them? I'm sure that there are Christians who commit gender-based violence, unfortunately, because the sin is just pounding up. But we are trusting even then for redemption and for forgiveness. So even if you, yeah, even if you, I hear what you're saying, but even if there are believers that have committed this offense against a woman, you can get help. If if you are somebody who is watching pornography and being influenced by pornography and acting that out, or or even if you were a victim of violence yourself, many men were were victims of violence themselves, and that's all they know yeah. really in response to a frustration inside. Get help. You can go for counseling and don't be um, ashamed. You know, I think uh, it's a very shame holds a lot of people back from getting better. And we are living in, in a day and age now that people are more open 
um, and we can be very grateful for that. People are more open to to talking about sexual issues and and combating this. So yeah, definitely to to get help, go to what I said earlier: a civil servant, a pastor, a community leader. Get help, get accountability, speak to someone that you trust. If you have a problem with drinking, if you have a problem with drugs, if you have a problem with pornography, any addiction, any trauma that you are being tormented by, you can get help and it's it's much easier than you think. It's much easier than you think to get Well, help. it's admitting it uh, to start with, uh, that you have a problem with pornography yes. and then uh, taking it yes. from there. Speaking to Chantal Blockdake from uh, the Center Against Sexual Exploitation South Africa, otherwise known as CASE SA. You can hop on the information highway to find out more about them and uh, get a pen and paper mm-hmm. ready. We'll give you that helpline number once again. Uh, Chantal, we're in the middle now of uh, the international 16 days of activism for ending violence against women and children. What can communities do to stand up against gender-based violence in South Africa? What can I do in my neighborhood? What can I do in my province? What advice can you give? I think to definitely say something. If you see something, you must say something. Definitely. I think that that is key South Africa. You know, we, we have an imperfect system. We're in a fallen world. We understand all of that. But what we don't understand is how people can be so quiet. You know, I think it was Martin Luther that said, evil prospers when good men do nothing. And we have seen that time and time again. I mean, I personally have been involved in the fight against sexual exploitation for over 10 years. And i it's the most common issue in South Africa that I've heard is that people stick to their own. They be quiet. They don't speak up. And I'm not sure if it's because of all of the diversity in South Africa or if people are in fear, or if people are just, they don't want drama, they don't, you know, there's enough to deal with in South Africa. We've got so much, so many challenges. Um, and so people sort of have this self, self-sufficient, self-protective um, um, attitude that if it doesn't affect me, I'm not going to do anything about it. Um, but I'd like to see South Africa as a whole become more community um, orientated because I've even seen the frustration from the police force and there are some good police out there that have gone into communities and nobody says anything you know it's like something happened to this child but nobody will say anything something happened to that woman but everybody just hides away and so I think it's it's key yeah. for us to speak up If and you know just going to America twice (laughs) has really opened my eyes to how much breakthrough in this arena, because I did conferences there around this issue, in this arena, how much breakthrough you can have just from civil society, just from normal people, normal people like you and I saying, you know what, I saw this child or I saw that woman and it wasn't, something wasn't right. Something didn't sit right with me. And I'm just phoning to report it. Um, there's been so much breakthrough like that in, in societies 
that are not afraid to speak. All up. right. So, and so yeah. awareness does make a difference. What would you like then do in your experience on being part of a center against sexual exploitation in South Africa? Uh, what does history teach you with uh, the 16 days of activism ending violence against women and children? Do you think not only bringing awareness, but bringing about a change in South Africa? What would you see to change? What do you hope for? What do you dream apart from a pornography-free country, a pornography-free society. What else do you hope to see and do you dream for South Africa? That children would be a priority. You know, how many times, it was only recorded once, but even the disciples themselves pushed the children away from Jesus. And Jesus said, no, let the children come to me. Children are not an inconvenience. They are not um, they are not just a trophy. Children are the future. Children are um, very, very precious to God, and we will all be accountable for what we do or what we don't do with children. Um, I mean, some of the harshest scriptures in the in, in the Word of God are about children yeah. and protecting children. So I think for South Africa to be sober-minded and walk forward now with a lot of reverence around children and what are we doing to protect children. I hear Black Lives Matter. I hear Me Too movement. But no one's talking about the kids. What about the children? You see, there's a few reasons for that. And I mean, it's always about money, isn't it? But children are really the innocence that we need to totally protect. Well, um, just this morning, sorry, just this morning before I fo- before you phoned me, I had a mother, a distressed mother, call me. Her eleven-year-old son was exposed to pornography. You know, and I just my heart just breaks every time. I just think, God, we really need intervention. Really need to take this seriously now. Yeah. Well, maybe you're in a position to do something about it. Just think on it. It is possible. There are countries in the world that is absolutely pornography-free, and it's got nothing to do with freedom of expression. It is just uh, not God's will for us in this country, and we do have a responsibility for our children. We will have to account for the lives of our children. Chantal Blokdek from uh, the Center Against Sexual Exploitation in South Africa, or CASE SA, that helpline number, once again, 0800-150-150. If you know of somebody that uh, are struggling with gender-based violence who has committed gender-based violence in South Africa, don't keep quiet, don't keep it to yourself, you can be the change that we so desire to see in this country and Chantel, thank you for chatting to us here at Brunpland. Thank you so much Vainan, I really appreciate this conversation thank you